keep your Bibles with you uh, if you've got them. We'll be looking at a bit more at Revelation. Um, have you heard about the TV show, uh, The Good Place? Who, who's heard that, watched it? Yep, quite a lot of you. Um, so if you haven't seen it, it's this TV show all about heaven, right? Uh, it's trying to imagine what heaven would be like. Uh, and it's about a woman named Eleanor. She dies unexpectedly and she ends up in this new kind of existence. Uh, and when she arrives there, she gets interviewed and she learns that there is a good place and a bad place. Uh, there's two places. One is for the reward and one is the punishment. And she learns that only the very best people make it into the good place. So uh, there's a, a computer kind of algorithm which examines your entire life and calculates a score, right? So all the good things you do give you points and all the bad things take away your points. Uh, and only the people who get the very highest score make it into the good place. So the people who do good their entire lives and help the poor, that kind of thing. Uh, and Eleanor makes it into the good place. But, uh, uh, yeah, so she gets to live in this special neighborhood in the good place. Uh, there's a house designed just for her with all her favorite things from back on Earth. Uh, and she can have anything she wants, right? So if she wants anything, she just has to ask for it and it will appear. There's an assistant named Janet who does it all. But we learn quickly that Eleanor is actually not a good person. Uh, there was a mistake in the system, and she's a bad person who somehow made it in. And so most of the show is about her desperately trying to become a good person so that she can earn her way to stay in the good place. Now, it's actually a comedy, and there's a whole lot of spoilers that come later, which I won't tell you if you haven't seen it. But it does raise this question for us, what is heaven like? Uh, what, what, what should we be excited about? Uh, what comes to mind for you when you think about heaven? Well, that's the question I want to ask this morning. Uh, what will be so good about heaven? And what does the Bible actually tell us? Uh, not just what does the good place suggest? And uh, to answer that question, we're going to look briefly at the book of Revelation. Uh, it's the last book in the Bible, so it comes at the very end, and it's uh, a series of visions that God gave to a man named John of the future. All right, so it's a, it's a uh, preview into the future, and it's been written down. And we'll be looking at the very end chapter uh, in Revelation, chapters 21 and 22, uh, a sneak preview, uh, a vision of what life will be like when Jesus returns. Uh, so look with me uh, at Revelation 21, uh, which is what we had read out at verse 1. And we'll see the beginning of John's vision. Alright? So Revelation 21, uh, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, John says, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. So the first thing John sees in his vision is a new world, uh, an earth and a sky. Uh, later on we learn that this um, new heavens and new earth uh, is kind of similar to our world, but made new, uh, better. And so heaven is not about floating on clouds and playing harps. Uh, that's one of the images I think we have in our culture of what heaven might be. Uh, it's a little bit weird. But heaven here is going to be physical. There will be mountains and rivers and trees and rocks because there is an earth and a sky. That's a new world. But then John very quickly zooms in. 
He doesn't spend much time looking at the mountains. All right, look at verse 2. John says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Now, a city that looks like a wedding bride is kind of weird. There's a lot of symbolic imagery in Revelation. Uh, later on, this city is described as being made of gold and precious jewels. Uh, it's a symbol of being somewhere perfect. Okay? And I want to show you two things about this city that are a little bit odd. All right? Two things that are a little bit odd. See, in our world right now, uh, there are two things that we really need for life. Um, sunlight and water. Right? We, we need sunlight and water uh, as humans or we die. That's kind of how we're made. But in the city that John sees, the city in the future, there's something different about the sunlight. Uh, there's something different about the water. So let me show you. Uh, firstly, the city, this, this new city, doesn't need the sun. Uh, in our world right now, we really need the sun. Right? It's our source of warmth. Without the sun, we freeze. It's our source of light, uh, and it, it gives us our food, right? If we didn't have the sunlight, we'd have no plants, no food. Um, have you ever tried to grow plants in a shady patch of ground? Um, uh, we used to live in a small apartment when we were studying at Bible College, and we were in the shade. We had a large building next to us, and so we had a little garden patch out the back, uh, and we tried to grow some plants. And, and one area of our garden had a little bit of sun, and the other area didn't. Uh, so we had a go, and the plants that were in the sunny area, uh, they shot up, they grew really well, but the plants that were in the shady area, uh, they struggled, and they kind of grew on an angle. They grew diagonally, uh, because these plants were reaching for the sunlight, right? They were desperately trying to get their leaves into the sunlight, because plants need sun. It's their source of life. Uh, without it, they just die. And it's the same for us as humans in this world. But in this future city, John says, there will be no need for the light of the sun. Have a look further down in chapter 21 at verse 23. John says, I did not see, uh, verse 22, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple and the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light. And the lamb is its lamp. So John says there will be no need for sunlight in this new city because the God who made the sun will be there himself. So our source of light will be God's glory. Our source of heat will be God, like a hot fire on a cold day. And so there's going to be no need for the sun. Um, have you ever seen an amazing sunset kind of lighting up the sky? Uh, when you get a really good sunset, it looks like the whole sky is on fire, doesn't it? Uh, red and orange and yellow, uh, painted out, stretched across. Uh, sunsets are amazing, but they're not an accident because God made them. God designed sunsets. And so if the sunsets in this world with our sun look that good, imagine how good the sunset will be when we see God lighting up the sky with his glory. John is saying, this city doesn't need the sun. That's old, uh, because God's glory will be filling it directly. Now, secondly, uh, this city, we learn, doesn't actually need water uh, in the same way. 
Now, water is also something we rely on for life, right? Um, who had a glass of water this morning when you woke up before church? Uh, quite a few of you. Yeah, see, we wake up thirsty, don't we? Right? Uh, our bodies need water every day, lots of it. Um, you know, human bodies, they can last a few weeks without food. Uh, but water, you need three or four days without water and you'll probably die. Uh, it keeps our bodies functioning, it keeps us healthy, uh, it's essential. Uh, as a parent, I spend a lot of time telling my kids, uh, drink more water, drink more water. Um, aunties, uncles, do you do that sort of thing maybe? Uh, because kids just don't understand that they need water so badly for their bodies. And our whole world needs water. Uh, life would die without it. But in this city that John sees, there's a new kind of water. Something different. Have a look at chapter 22, verse 1. John says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. So in this city, there's a river flowing through the middle. And it's not just muddy water, like most of the rivers around here. Uh, it's crystal clear water, like sweet water from the purest mountain spring. Uh, it's described as the water of life itself, because it's not flowing from a mountain, it's flowing from God. Uh, have you ever had a glass of cool water on a hot day? Uh, it's so good, isn't it? Uh, you're hot and sweaty, and your body's starting to get thirsty, uh, and someone gives you a glass of fresh water, it's slightly chilled, and you gulp it down, and you, you, you feel the delicious sensation of this cool water spreading through your body. Uh, imagine how much better this water of life will be, coming straight from the source. So John is saying, this city doesn't need water like we do now because God himself will provide the water of life. Now, as good as this light and water are, there's actually something much more important in this city for us to see that John wants to show us. Uh, chapter 22, verse 3. 22, verse 3. John says, No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. John says that God will live in this city, and God's people will see his face. Now that is a little bit scary because throughout the Old Testament, uh, no one is ever able to see God. Uh, our sin has separated us. And if you remember in the Old Testament, Moses, the great leader of God's people, uh, he said to God one time, show me your glory, God. Let me see a glimpse of you. Uh, and God said, I'll show you a glimpse of my glory, but you cannot see my face because no one can see me and live. Sinful humans cannot see God and live. But now John is saying, in this future, we will see God. Now, how is that possible? Only because of Jesus. Uh, we remembered Jesus' death uh, in communion beforehand uh, today. Uh, John the Baptist, when he first saw Jesus, uh, he said, Look, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus came to take away our sin, to cleanse us, so that we can draw near to God. And so John is saying, in this 
city, God will live there and we will see his face. Um, has anyone ever waited in line to see someone famous? Anyone done that? Waited in the streets, queued up, camped out? A few of you? A lot of you probably embarrassed, that's okay. Um, just imagine, right, your favorite celebrity is visiting town. I don't know who that is. Um, maybe it's Ed Sheeran or Jay Chow. Maybe it's Beyonce or Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber or Bruno Mars. I don't know. But just imagine your favorite celebrity is visiting town. Uh, and you know so much about this person uh, and you want to see them, right? You've listened to their voice. Uh, you've seen photos of them. You've seen them on TV. You've watched videos. Uh, you know a lot about them, but all of your knowledge is kind of secondhand and indirect. You've never actually met them. You've never actually seen their face. Uh, but this is your chance, uh, and you want to. So you get up early and you line the street and with all the other fans, hoping to get a glimpse, hoping that you might see their face, and that they might actually look at you, that you might be able to shake their hands, even though they'll forget you straight away. See, our relationship with God is a little bit like this. Uh, let me explain. See, right now, everything we know about God is kind of secondhand. Uh, it's not direct. So we can learn about God's glory from looking at the world around us. Uh, Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God. So when we see a raging thunderstorm, that's giving us a sense of God's power because he made it, he controls it. When we stand at the foot of a mountain, that's giving us a sense of God's glory. Uh, he made it, but we're not seeing God directly. Uh, when we read the Bible, uh, we can learn about God's character. We uh, see what he loves, we see what makes him angry, we see God's compassion and kindness and his love and justice. And we read about Jesus dying for us on the cross and we understand what God's love is like but we don't see him yet. Uh, we hear God's voice when we read the Bible, uh, speaking to us, warning us, uh, instructing us, encouraging us to trust him, but we don't yet see him face to face. So everything we know of God is true and real, but it's not direct yet. We're still separated from his presence. So we're like the fans camped out in the street, uh, waiting to see the famous person that we know so much about, but we haven't yet met. And John is saying, in this new creation, we will finally meet God. We won't need to look out of the world to understand God's glory because we'll see him. Uh, we won't need to read the Bible anymore to understand what God is like because we'll see him. Uh, we won't need to come to church and hear preachers talk and try and describe what God is like because we'll be so busy enjoying him in person. Uh, we'll be seeing him. And this won't be a momentary glimpse. You know, if you're lining up to see someone, uh, they're going to walk past in a moment. The best you'll get is a brief look. Uh, if you're lucky, they'll shake your hand. But just imagine if you were lining up and this famous person stopped and talked with you uh, and invited you back to their home to live with them, uh, to see them every day and to really know them. That's what God has done for us. He's invited us into his family in the gospel uh, to be his children. And our great hope is that one day we'll finally see our Father. Uh, not just for a moment, not in passing, but for a lifetime. You know, uh, in The Good Place, that TV show, 
Uh, there's really not much that is new when Eleanor gets there compared to this world. It's kind of like uh, all the good things in this world, you can just get more of them. There's an unlimited supply. Uh, there's nothing particularly new. But can you see the Bible promises us something different, uh, something greater, something new? And the most exciting thing in this vision that God gives us uh, is that God will be here and we will see him. And so this experience of seeing God, the God who made us face to face, is what makes heaven so good. It's what we're looking forward to. Uh, yes, we'll enjoy exploring a new creation. Yes, we will enjoy eating and feasting. Thank God, food is great. Yes, we'll enjoy each other's company. But none of those things will compare to the joy we will have from seeing God. Uh, we'll be able to look into God's face, to bathe in His glory and power, to drink from the water of life. And friends, that will be the most joyful thing. Listen to how Psalm 27 uh, describes this hope. Psalm 27 verse 4 says this, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. This is our, our great hope as Christians, that we will gaze on the beauty of the Lord, that we will see God. But today's Sunday, and tomorrow is Monday, in case you've forgotten. Uh, and so, what does this hope of the future uh, mean for us now? If that's where we're heading, what difference does it make? Well, I've got three suggestions. And the first one is, don't miss out. See, unlike the good place, you can't earn your way in or trick the system. Uh, we've all got negative scores. We've all got sin in our hearts and our lives. We've all got things we're ashamed of. Uh, none of us could stand before God and say, I'm pure completely. Uh, listen to the words of Revelation 21, verse 27. John says about the city that nothing impure will ever enter it. Uh, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the book, in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, in Revelation, the Lamb is Jesus. Uh, and the names written in the book of life are those who follow him. John is saying only those who have got, put their trust in Jesus will come in. So let me ask you, are you confident that your name is in the book of life, written in that book? Do you trust in Jesus and follow him? Do you base your life on him? Because this hope of seeing God isn't for the people who are good enough. It's for the people who know they've stuffed up, but trust in God for forgiveness. It's for the people who know their hearts are dirty, but look to Jesus to make them clean. And so if you're not sure, talk to someone today. Talk to Iggy. Uh, or one of the staff, come and talk to me if you'd like. Uh, don't miss out. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, uh, don't make the mistake of thinking that heaven is like the good place, uh, and that as long as you balance out your bad with good, you'll be in. You can't earn your way into this. You need Jesus. So don't miss out. And secondly, 
Don't get discouraged. Uh, I think many of us here this morning, uh, we probably fit into two groups of people. Uh, there's those of us who, uh, for whom life is comfortable and smooth right now. But I think for many of us, uh, life is probably not smooth. Many of us might have suffering or pain in our lives. Uh, I have friends I know of, Christian friends, struggling with depression, uh, struggling with anxiety, uh, friends whose families uh, split apart because of violence, uh, friends struggling with divorce and loneliness, uh, with sickness and cancer and death. Uh, Maybe you have pain like that in your life. Because right now we're still living in a world that is cursed by sin and broken, and we suffer. Now the Apostle Paul, he faced a lot of suffering in his life in the Bible. Have a listen to what kept him going. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. See, our suffering and pain in this world is real, and it hurts. But Paul says when you step back and look at the future, then it helps put our suffering now into perspective. Uh, If our future is eternal glory with God in his presence, or compared to that, our suffering now, we can see it as something light and momentary. It might not feel that way, but when we look to the future, we can learn to see it this way. Paul says. Because on that final day, uh, when we see God's face, Revelation says, all our pain will fade away. He'll wipe away the tears. So if you're here this morning and you are someone who has pain in your life or in the life of your friends, don't be discouraged. Keep this hope alive. And thirdly, friends, don't keep this hope yourself. Uh, When you wake up on Monday morning, uh, don't keep it to yourself. Don't you want to share this joy? Don't you want every single person you know to have this hope of seeing God? Uh, We're about to head off uh, our family to Taiwan to share this hope over there. Uh, And while we're there, we'll be praying for you guys back here in Cooper's Plains that you keep sharing this hope, uh, that more people uh, in the suburb and in the city will know this hope. So don't be uh, discouraged. Don't miss out. Don't keep it to yourself. Let's pray. Loving Father, uh, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for his death and resurrection so that we can be cleansed and forgiven. Uh, We thank you for the gift of your spirit who changes us uh, to make us clean. Father, thank you for this incredible promise that one day, we will see you, that all our knowledge uh, will be direct as we look into your face. Uh, Father, we long to dwell with you, uh, to see you as you are, to see you as the one who made us and created us and saved us. So, Father, please keep this hope alive in our hearts. Uh, Help us to keep following Jesus now while we wait for this day. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, Sam, for explaining uh, such a difficult topic so clearly. Uh, we now come to a time um, to respond to God's Word. Um, so as you've come in this morning, you would have seen a connect card 